Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we donned some fabulous new jumpsuits and jumped into the ocean and swam with a blind prehistoric shark. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Indeed. Uh, last week we released the near-future sci-fi uh, cybernetic military, action yep. military uh, I want to say thriller sure there was sure. a bit of a John Cusack hunting down yep, yep. The, the meat people yep. uh, in Vetronic. Vetronic yes how did that go this week AJ well so you know how John Cusack has been in we, we sort of set up this trilogy of films with John Cusack playing a, a an eccentric millionaire then an eccentric billionaire and this was going to be the final feature in the eccentric air uh, series, yeah. John Cusack has demanded that we make a quadrilogy. What? Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't tell him this was the last film? No, I didn't. I didn't. But he figured it out. He figured it out. He figured out that he's like, hang on, I'm playing a trillionaire in this and I played a billionaire before and a million... I know what you guys are doing. You think that you're going to get out of your... Um, uh, out of casting me from any other film from this point forward. So he said, no, I want in. I want to be in as many of your films as possible. You can't just write me off now. So now, you know who's joined? <laughs> you know how we had that AI in the trailer yeah. that we can't get rid of? Well, guess who's parked up with a new oh. trailer next to it? John Cusack. He's in there now, like, ruminating on plans on how to, like, inject himself into as many of our films as possible. I can't get rid of him. I've tried towing him off the lot. He just drives straight back and parks it there. I know we should get a gate, but I can't afford one. We're gonna have to be a bit careful. Like normally, we just have extras sort of milling around in the background of our films. Yeah, we're gonna have to have security, <laughs> extra security, to yeah. make sure you, you know uh, John Cusack's not <laughs> like it's like it's a quadrilogy. You see me in the back of this other. F- I'm like no, no, John. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a strict trilogy. I don't, I don't know what to do. It's interesting because most of the actors that work with us never really want anything to do with us afterwards. <laughs> John Cusack, though. I don't know. That's Maybe he just hasn't been cast in a lot lately. And yeah. uh, he's worried that his new source of revenue is going to dry up. I mean, I don't know how much we've we've paid him. Surely not eccentric well, maybe, millionaire maybe status. Maybe that's the thing, though. If, if he's so desperate to be in our film, that gives us bargaining power to negotiate. True, like, yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. we just don't even give him contracts. Yeah. Just like, and then we can put his name on posters <laughs> and get people through the door. Wait, has he has he won any award? Has he been nominated for an Academy? Let me call the Academy now. So, because I'm just thinking, if John Cusack has been nominated for anything, something big, like oh, right. a Golden Globe or an Academy Award, in the poster, Academy Award nominee, John Cusack, I think we just go starring an Academy Award nominee and ne- never tell anyone that it's John Cusack because well, okay. he's just in the background of like one shot as an extra. <laughs> he's somehow made it past security. Yep. I'm like, he's in there. It's an Academy yeah, yeah. Award nominee. Yep. Well, We won't tell who it is. The problem is he hasn't been nominated or won anything of a, note. A Golden Globe nominee? Uh, oh, yeah, hang on. Yes. No, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for High Fidelity, Best there you Actor. Go. Golden Globe, a Kids' Choice Award nominee? Yep. Uh, he was a Teen Choice Award. Teen Choice no- Award. That's prestigious. That one. Choice movie actor, sci-fi for 2012. Oh, for 2012. I thought for we were going back yeah. to like say anything or. Uh, he he won the Chicago Film Critics Award for most promising actor. There you go. In say anything. There you go. So there you go. He's award nominated. He is multiple award nominee. <laughs> yep. John Cusack. John Cusack. 
Uh, so there you go. Um, he's out there right now, just milling around. So beyond that, though, mm. financially, financially, Vetronic success, a uh, bit moderate success, moderate success, uh, moderate critical reception as well. Solid, like you know, the seven out of tens that you usually oh, yeah. see milling about on IMDb. I, you know, it's I not think bad. If I see a film that has a six point four, I'll I'll give You're it a go. It, yeah. So that's not too bad. I actually heard recently that Netflix is really strict about releasing how successful their films are. Really? Even even the directors. So uh, listening to an interview with uh, Duncan Jones, who yep. did... Um, Moon? A, so, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to... What was World the, of Warcraft? Hush or Silence or... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. What was... Mute? Mute, Mute? Mute is yeah. the name of that film. Ah, uh, the... Ne- yeah, yeah, sure. With, uh, which we discussed here at one point. They won't tell them if the films do well or not. Really? So they're like... They give the director the money, they make the film, they turn it in, yep. and that's pretty much it. You don't oh. get any sort of financial feedback. Yeah, but surely if they never cast you in anything again, that's a pretty good yeah, indicator. Yeah, I know, but at least I suppose if you're a, a director, you can sort of see the box office results and yeah. know if people like your film or not. Yep. I personally turned mute off about 15 minutes in because <laughs> it was real boring, um, but those t- statistics are never given to the directors for, for feedback, so yeah. I'm not sure what we're doing with uh, Mufusa Wudida. Um, I, you know, it would be nice. I don't think we have the ability to track the statistics. <laughs> no. Um, so like the stuff is up there. We don't know if people are watching or not. not we don't even clue. know if they've su- subscribed or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to see. Uh, I don't know if, uh. Yeah. I mean, I can, yeah, no, we, we have no idea how well our platform is going, but I suppose because everything lives on Netflix for any amount of time. There's no like box office period where it's out for like a month or two yeah. where you can really gauge the beginning and end of a of a, a period. Netflix it's on for in perpetuity or until Yeah. And all you get is the now trending. That's thing. right, yeah, yeah. That's what you gotta look for. The now trending. If you are a director, if you're a director and you've directed something on Netflix, just check the now trending. If your film is on there, you're doing well. If it's not, better luck next time, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> Um, that was Vetronic, and now it's time for this week in trailers. Uh, first up, cab off first cab off the ranks rather is In Darkness, directed by Anthony Byrne and starring Natalie Dormer, uh, Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, Ratajkowski. Uh, <laughs> she was in um, Gone Girl, I think, was her first film role yep. after the music video where she yep. danced around topless to that skeezy man. Sure. You know you want it. Um, anyway, she, she's in the film. Uh, Natalie Dormer apparently uh, co-wrote it yes. with the director, Anthony Byrne, who Who's is her fiancé. Yes. Um, and the premise of the film is she plays a blind lady mm-hmm. who lives in a building where a woman apparently commits suicide. Mm. She is the daughter of an Eastern European uh, war criminal. Yep. And there seems to be some sort of conspiracy around the suicide. It was probably murder. Mm. She may have given Natalie Dormer a um a secret file or slipped something to her pocket. Something, yeah. Natalie Dormer may know something about the murder she's not telling. It starts off very murder mystery. Mm. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Cuckoo's Calling, which sure. was um Robert Galbraith, who's yep. J.K. Rowling's pseudonym yep um very sort of similar thing anyway uh and uh and then it goes very sort of like spy thriller i was quite yeah. quite excited about the early mysteries murder mystery stuff not quite so excited about the spy thrillery stuff at uh, the yeah end. does it did it seem like in this trailer because i this is one of those trailers where everything's cut together very quickly and you don't have a real good idea of what's going on but it, it seemed like at some point that 
Natalie Dormer's character seemed to know some kind of kung fu or some kind of action. I was getting a little bit of a Rutger Hauer blind yeah, fury. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a blind fury that he was in where I he was like a so. swordsman. Yeah. Um, it didn't actually show anything explicit, but there were definitely no. points where she was going to use that little sort of guiding stick with the ball on the end that you tap on the ground if That's you're right. vision yeah, impaired yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. to find sort of level changes. Yep. And she was going to start using that to like, you know, blind monk yep. style whale on things. I think it's a thing for like differently able people. It seems to be they're appearing in more films or at least actors playing people who are differently yeah. able. So you have that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, Towering Inferno yeah, remake. Yeah, he's a... He's What's a, it called? A, 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 apartment? No. No, no. You said the Towering Inferno. I just think it's called Tower, right? Sure. Why not? And he's got uh, he's got he's like a amputee. fake leg. He's, yeah. he's an amputee. And then you've got this film where Natalie Dormer is Mad Max Fury Road, uh, another blind. one where Charlie's Theron plays an amputee. True. Yeah. Absolutely. So I suppose it's weird that they're casting actors that don't yeah. have any of those uh, particular uh, physical conditions, but. I guess at least it's, it's bringing awareness to, to those sorts of things. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'll see it. It seems like no. very low budget. And I do like Natalie Dormer. She was quite good in she's, uh, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah. And she played uh, Moriarty in the uh, NBC original series Elementary, um, which was the like one with a, Lucy Liu. Yeah, okay. interesting twist on on that sort of uh, dynamic. Yep. Uh, but. Uh, I'm not sure if she's leading lady material. I suppose we'll find out. Who knows? Um, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> all right. Film number two. We might as well give you the film that has two in its title. It's The Incredibles 2, uh, directed by Brad Bird, produced by Pixar and Disney, and starring pretty much the entire original cast of the first film, barring Dash, because the kid has actually grown up and you can't really cast the same actor anymore. So this film takes place, I think, pretty much immediately after yeah. the, the first film. It's got to so, be within a year or two, yeah, like, yeah. character age-wise. and Yep. So it, it's, it, it, you know, all the characters are back, Violet, uh, Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible, and so on. Uh, and the premise this time is that it's Elastigirl who's being called back into action, uh, leaving uh, Mr. Incredible to deal with the kids and, you know, basically be a bit of a house husband. Interesting concept. Kind of a very fun idea. A lot of gags. Uh, at the expense of Mr. Incredible, who doesn't seem very well suited to the job no. of looking after kids. Uh, and in particular with Jack-Jack, the baby, who has developed just a multitude of insane abilities. Like, he turns into, uh, like, a fiery imp at most yeah. points. He can go invisible. He explodes randomly. There's a certain point where most superhero genres have given all of the powers yeah. to one of the heroes. So Superman yep. just has all of the powers. Yep. I think uh, in X-Men, uh, Rogue can absorb all people's powers. In Heroes, yep. it was like... Okay, oh, gosh. Milos Venturi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, like he's, his character just was way too powerful because he could just take everyone else's power. Yeah, yeah. This one, they've given it to that, but like they've also given it to like a six-month-old baby. <laughs> exactly. And it kind of makes it work. Yeah, it like does. The, the, mo- the most powerful yep. um, superhero of them all <laughs> is, is this baby. And again, yeah. the world will probably be somewhat broken if that baby grows up into an adult and <laughs> has all of these powers. Absolutely. But uh, at the moment, it's sort or of it's quite interesting. Even an adult villain as well. Because like that baby could go either way. Could grow up to be a hero, could grow up to be the villain. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, looks fun. Um, I mean, I have great respect for Brad Bird. He has really, he's put out quite a lot of good films and some rather average films as well. Tomorrowland, anyone? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm hoping that this is a return to form. Everyone's been sort of 
craving an, a sequel to The Incredibles really? for a long time. Because I, my, in my mind at least, The Incredibles is such a phenomenal, self-contained yep. film yep. that when they announced the number two, I went, no! Yeah. I have exactly what I want yep. in this great, because it's stylistically great. Yep. The story is phenomenal. Yep. It tells an interesting perspective on the way that the world has dealt with superheroes. Yep. It has a great family dynamic. It just does everything perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that I can think can happen is they make a really bad film yeah. and it somehow makes me think less of the first film. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you entirely. And I think that for most of Pixar's output, even the ones that have had sequels, uh, the first films or even just every film in succession has been standalone and they feel like they can just exist on their own and not really need a sequel. So they're yeah. not leaving you on a cliffhanger. They're not setting up anything um substantial for a potential sequel and the incredibles was definitely like that but brad bird's always said you know i'll do a sequel if i can come up with a good idea for yeah. it and at, like to you know what they credit, said that too yeah the, the director i think roland embrex said that at independence day that's is like for years and years and years people have been saying do a sequel to independence day yep and i, I said i'm not going to do it unless i can come up with a good enough idea yep. that it'll be worth it yeah and yeah, but- I, I didn't even know that like id 10 or whatever they called it like I, I didn't I didn't know what came out at the cinema legitimately yeah. I said oh they're going to bring that out soon and my yeah. friend's just like I saw it in the cinema two months ago yeah um, I think we might have mentioned it on a podcast like ages and ages ago back in the early days of movie film studios uh, and we both completely missed the release date just of it like, like it was that like I, I hope I just I hope that doesn't happen actually to be fair I don't think any less of Independence Day because the sequel came and went without me even noticing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I'd think less of it if I yeah. went and watched it and the sequel was bad. Yeah. Just like, but the issue is that I'm going to go see in- Incredibles yeah. 2 because yeah. the first one was such a good film. Absolutely. That I'm, I'm just worried. But the thing is, I'm, I'm definitely grown, I've grown way past a stage where any theoretical or released sequel could ruin something that I already love. Yeah. So I mean, it, I'm doing a pretty good job of ignoring Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Although, having said that, uh, although we watched um, Last Crusade yeah. uh, last year, mm-hmm. I don't go back and watch the trilogy quite as much as I used to. Yep. Uh, same thing with Star Wars. I just, yeah. like, it kind of, it's it's a bit of a bittersweet because just yeah. like, it was once so good. Yeah, see, I, wa- I re-watched the original trilogy very recently. Still great. Yeah, I know it is. Still great. But <laughs> do you not feel, like, slightly... Like, why couldn't they do anything like this? No, I don't. In fact, I watched it and thought, I'm so glad that these films still exist. Okay. That's uh, a really, that is actually a really good perspective because yeah. they mean so many different things to so many different people that yeah. I don't think you can, anyone can ever really get no, it right. No. Um, and if you can just go back and enjoy the thing that you enjoy yep. and just go, you know what, the new yep. stuff isn't for me, but I still have a thing that I love, yep. I think... If I can bring that perspective to The Incredibles <laughs> 2. Oh, look, I mean, it could be a really good film. It could be. I, I could yep. go, you know what? Uh, there's a thing that I love called The Incredibles. Yep. And now there's a new thing I love called The Incredibles 2. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll try not to let it warp my bitter perspective. I was going to say Pixar have a good track record no, with sequels, don't. but they don't. We've they, had this conversation they do before. do not. Cars 2, Finding Dory. Cars 3. I mean... Just Monsters like a, University. Monsters University is horrid. It's it is. such a bad film. Toy Story 2 is really good. Toy Story 2 is great. Toy Story 3 is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, uh but But that's it. That is really it there. Yeah. They they don't do they don't do sequels. Um no. Uh who knows? I th- I hear Inside In is really good as well. <laughs> okay. All right. On to the third and final film for this week's episode, and it is The Meg. The Meg. 
not based on the Family Guy character. Yeah, like really name. potentially the worst film title. It's it's awful. It is. Um, so it is basically the Meg is is short for Megalodon. Yes, which was the the largest shark to have ever existed. It's a yep. prehistoric beast, mm-hmm. and this is a. Somewhere sitting somewhere between deep blue sea and Jaws, sure, where yep. there's a, a giant aquatic creature who's attacking people. Mm. It's got Jason Statham, yep. uh, Ruby Rose is in there, Australian yep. Ruby Rose, yep. Rain Wilson to add, add a little bit of levity because <laughs> yep. uh, apparently Jake Johnson wasn't available. Um, <laughs> and there seems to be like a research station where these guys are trawling the bottom of the ocean trying yep. to see what yep. they discover, and they discover this. I don't even know how long it is. Sixty, seventy meter long it's huge. shark. It's if um, you if you remember the the shark dinosaur from Jurassic World that we affectionately call Barry Nibbles. Barry Nibbles. Uh, it's that size. It's, it is it's gigantic. Um, and uh, we also see shots in here of like giant squid, and it's giant shark versus giant squid. Yep. I I mentioned while we're watching the trailer, it feels very like original Lost World. Not, yeah. Not the um the Jurassic Park sequel back there was a couple of the, uh, yeah. f- films there was one in the 30s I think another one in the 60s which had the Ray Harryhausen yeah. um, claymation dinosaurs and they discover a place where giant creatures exist and yeah. these giant creatures are fighting one another yep. um, and it kind of feels a little bit like that uh, but then it's also not taking itself too seriously I kind of feel as though there's, there's a whole bunch of um, sci-fi channel originals like your Sharknados or yep. your Robo Shark <laughs> versus Dino Gorilla or whatever they happen to yeah, be yeah, yep, yep. which are really low budget and mm. done really badly yep. it's like someone went what if we had money to do this well <laughs> How would that look? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, obviously they put all of the money into the special effects and none into the guy who came up with the film title. <laughs> um, it's based on a novel, actually. Yeah, 1997 novel. And the, the novel also includes the word The Meg yeah. in, in some pattern. Uh, this feels uh, like, yeah, it does feel like the uh, the Sharknado with a slightly more believable plot and yeah. some slightly better special effects as well. Uh, so directed by John Turtletaub. There you who go. Who did uh, Cool Runnings? He did. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see the career path uh, <laughs> from Cool Runnings to yeah. the Meg. It would have had to have passed through a little film called <laughs> National Treasure and National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. He's done a few films along the They're way. Disney films, aren't they? Uh, yes, they yeah. are. Uh, cool Runnings and National Treasure, yeah. both uh, both Disney productions. He's had enough of the mouse. He's branched yeah. out. <laughs> no, it's difficult. It's like there's a gravitational pull of Disney <laughs> that's sucking everything in. You know, it's quite difficult to get away from it. Is Disney going to buy the rights to the Meg at some point? Maybe. Just to get him back in. Just to get John... Tur- what's his name? Turtletaub. Turtletaub back into the fold. They're going to buy the rights to the Meg, and it will be a Disney film, and then uh, the Meg will be a Disney princess. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's I don't know if it's female or not, but if it is, Could Disney be. princess. Could be. There you go. All right. Those are the three films for this week's episode. But of course, before we do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little stroll to a little green place. All right, let's go. Here we go. All right. Uh, that was that was refreshing. It was, yeah. Uh, let's summarize. First up, we have... A murder mystery spy thriller yep. of with a person with uh, differently able differently abled person. We have a sequel to a beloved children's animated <laughs> classic, um, yep. which oh, sounds so familiar. I swear, 
There, there, not a week goes by where there's not at least two or three tra- new trailers come out uh, yeah, that fit that criteria. <laughs> We're going to run out of beloved children's classics soon. We're going to have to make some more. And uh, finally, we have a giant monster creature film. Yes, indeed. Now... I chose last week. Yes. It, it is your turn it is to, to choose which one or two or three <laughs> of these. Uh, no, we'll focus on one. Which, well, look, which, which one do you want to do? We which usually genre? jam in of a little bit of little all bits of them in here there, and but there. Uh, one of them has definitely piqued my interest. And let, let's not beat around the bush. It's the Meg. It is the Meg. It's a hundred percent the Meg. It has to be. We haven't done. I, if I can, re- if I recall, we haven't. Well, we've kind of done a monster film, but not really no. to this degree. Um, back in the early days of this podcast, we of course came up with the character of Barry Nibbles, Babble, yeah. who uh, is a sentient shark dinosaur who was cast in Jurassic Plesiosaur? World. Plesiosaur, Plesiosaur, yeah, maybe. possibly. I'm not sure what the type of dinosaur it was, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then was never cast in anything again, despite the fact no. that uh, he really wanted to act. It's, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because. Uh, Lost World had a new trailer today. That's right, yeah. And he is in the background yep. uh, as a whole bunch of people are uh, surfing on a giant wave. You yep. kind of see him lurking in the background. <laughs> I feel like he could have been cast in the Meg as the Meg. But, yes, uh, I think he was contractually obligated. He's uh, only, only allowed to work. He's got a um uh, a non-compete. Um, uh, okay. A, a NDA? No, N- I, uh, NC? Sure. NC, whatever the contract. Non-complete clause. Uh, where, where he's yeah. um yeah contractually obliged. They used to do that quite a lot in the golden yeah, age yeah, of yeah. Hollywood. Absolutely. Is like uh, sign people on and they couldn't make films with other studios yeah i didn't realize that uh reanimated uh dinosaurs uh don't have like the studio actors guild protection no. that they, they do but no. but he's yeah he's stuck with uh who does jurassic park what studio is that universal universal yeah, yeah. he's locked into universal unfortunately so disney will buy them out at some point it's also kind of weird that the meg came out we watched a trailer for deep blue sea 2 yeah not too long ago and speaking of milo <laughs> whatever his name happens to be, he's in the Ventra film. Miglia, I think. Um, just, just horrendous. Like a yeah. really, really bad, yeah. low budget, un- nonsense sequel. Yeah. To a, a, an all right uh, monster film from like yeah. fifteen years ago. It's, I don't it, know why they're doing a it's sequel direct now. to video, and it literally says on the end of the trailer, direct to video. It's good to like. I like it when they let us know in the trailer. It's like, oh, when are we going to go not watch this in the movies? <laughs> All right, we don't have to not watch it in the movies because it's not going to be there. Even if that they still use the words direct to video, despite the fact that video technology does not exist anymore and no one uses it. Oh, uh, I mean, is it VHS? Like when they say direct to video, it's. But I mean that that phrase came out in the VHS era because it did. that's when the film started appearing yeah, on VHS. The, the videotapes. And DVD, uh, v in DVD was volatile and not video. I thought it was versatile. Versa- I think it's volatile. Pretty sure it's versatile. Maybe digital I, versatile disc. I thought it was volatile, but uh, like it <laughs> it's wouldn't, not video. Wouldn't wouldn't make a lot of sense if it was volatile. <laughs> I, I used to have a movie on here and it's gone. Well, shouldn't have put it on a digital volatile disc. You know how those things are temperamental. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I suppose you could say direct to streaming video. Direct to Mufasa would it would be better, yeah, honestly. I think it's all. It's all weird. Yeah, anyway. It's all anachronistic and, and uh, archaic. But anyway, uh, so we're going to make a monster creature film. Yes. All right. So first things first, we need a monster. We need a monster that we haven't seen before. I have an idea for this. Okay. And this comes from a conversation I was having it with uh, with some people at work. Yep. And it came up. Do you know what the largest creature that not only exists at the moment, but to have ever existed? Yeah. What is it? It is a blue whale. Yes. Like next, it is like twice the length of a megalodon. Yeah, it's huge. It's 
like it is not like people like oh yeah the blue whale largest animal alive today it's not just that it's like twice the size of any animal that has ever existed throughout the living history of earth yeah it's huge and i think a lot of you can't really get a scale of the blue whale because every time you see them in their natural habitat they're just surrounded by ocean there's nothing to like place next to them in terms of scale so you have no idea how big they are in relation to other things there's a really really good infographic if you go to google type in uh blue whale scale comparison click on images the first one that shows up is the blue whale size as compared to all other large creatures all right blue whale scale comparison on google images holy cow it's huge it is enormous twice more than twice the size of megalodon Yep. Um, there's a place we saw that there's uh, Predator X. You've got a killer whale next to it. Killer whales are tiny. Uh, I mean, uh, are, are massive. Like, could eat you yeah, in yeah, a yeah. single bite. Yep. And the blue whale is, what, five times longer yep. than a killer whale? Well, let's look, let, use the Brachiosaurus. Let's go back to Jurassic Park, because everyone has a good idea of how big the Brachiosaurus is yeah. in Jurassic Park. And it the, the, the blue whale is easily twice as long as the head, head to tail, head to tail yeah. twice as long and that's not just talking about volume because this thing no. is big yeah i think i mean we've, we've talked about this enough this thing <laughs> is big there is no reason that we should not be utterly terrified of yeah. this thing yeah and the only reason we're not is because blue whales only eat plankton exactly uh they don't eat anything larger than just microscopic bits of prawn and and other krill and, krill and, yeah. and bits and pieces so there's uh so the, the basic premise of deep blue sea yep. was that as part of alzheimer's research they were injecting a chemical into sharks brains yep so that they could harvest that chemical for a drug yep to cure people who had um alzheimer's, alzheimer's and a yep. variety of other uh brain issues yep but in doing so they enlarged the size of the shark's brain yep to the point where it became intelligent yep and started uh attacking people yep. and unexpectedly killing Samuel L. Jackson and a whole bunch of things uh, that may... I mean, that is the one scene in that film that yeah. makes it worth watching. The rest exactly. of it is pretty the bad. The rest is rubbish. Uh, okay, so I actually know of one thing that's inside most whales that is fairly prized but obviously very hard to get, and that's ambergris. Ambergris, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's a... Prized by perfumists? It's, that's right, absolutely. Um, and obviously very rare because you can't get that uh, substance from a living whale they usually wait for a whale to wash up on a beach dead somewhere yeah and then they I mean, go and get it it also it also is like it vomits it up occasionally as well and yep. so they can just find it floating in yep. the ocean but yep. less common yeah so what we've got is a rogue g- group of perfumists not even a rogue group i reckon it's like a conspiracy like there is a shadowy yeah uh, uh, over order like a, an yeah. order of the perfumists who own chanel who yeah. own um i, I don't know rogue, Calvin Klein. Rogue, a shady secret organization yeah, 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 yeah. who have employed scientists yep. to genetically engineer the blue <laughs> whale so that they can get their hands on an unlimited supply yep. of ambergris yeah, is it ambergris or ambergris? I think like I think it's like verdigris is it's French. Right, for so I don't know what gris stands <laughs> for, but verdigris is green gris and ambergris is yellow is, gris. Okay. I'm sure I I assume that it's right. French and you drop the s. That'll do. I mean, with all French words, if you just ignore the last four or five yep. letters, you should be good. We'll, we'll make it a French uh, collection of perfumists and yes. rogue agents. All right, great. Uh, so that's perfect because. Like, no one would su- uh, suspect perfumers 
no. for this diabolical scheme. Because, I mean, it's in times of war mm. that the, the war machine profiteers. It's in times of peace yeah. that the, the luxury good companies That's right. really yep. profiteer. Yep, yep, great. All right, so what are they doing? Are they capturing uh, blue whales in the ocean? Or are they, have they set up a base underwater? Yeah. I mean, all of these best these best films have an underwater base yeah. with giant sort of like walkways that are made entirely of perspex yep. <laughs> so you can see the world around you yeah, yeah, yeah. and then something sort of like you know goes past the the port window on one side and you like look out yeah. and then it like sort of fades in from the murky deep yeah um and in in um the meg it <laughs> opens its teeth up and bites on it yeah. i kind of like the idea of the blue whale just like opening up its <laughs> mouth and it's just those long strands of hair or whatever <laughs> that it uses to filter out the, yeah, the, yeah, the krill yeah, yep. um <laughs> just, just, but when they've genetically enhanced it it's like barbed wire <laughs> like that's what makes it super scary Okay, um, so I okay, so the genetically enhancing thing. So all they did in Deep Blue Sea was just make the brains bigger, right? Yeah. That's I reckon what they should do here and what has actually happened is they are accelerating the evolutionary road oh, of the whale instead. You know what's really so it cool starts about like hyper evolving. Yep. You know what land mammal was most closely related to the whale? What? The hippopotamus. <laughs> has like literally got like the, the same like bones yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. It, is, it is really closely related. Yep. So all of a sudden like you can start adding in those giant yeah. canine teeth yeah, 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 to, yeah. The, to the whale. It yep. starts sort of like... Starts growing feet. And you know what kills <laughs> more people in Africa than any other animal apart from the... Uh, the mosquito I think actually does. That's All yeah. of these trivia facts <laughs> spewing out of Isaac's brain uh, like he's bursting with them. But yeah, so the, the hippo kills a lot of people it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. very aggressive yeah. um it has it like knocks boats over yep. imagine that but like a thousand <laughs> times bigger yeah, as be... a blue whale <laughs> okay does it grow legs as well i think like i think it needs to go further though i think it needs to like we it, obviously like yes the hippo is related to it yes but i think that the sign the mad perfumists are so like dizzied by their own success and their own like pursuit and greed that they accelerated past a hippo i mean so, it, so like, I'm, I'm just saying that if you're accelerating the evolutionary track of a blue whale yep. you can sort of look at a hippo and go that's kind of where it's going yeah, yeah it yeah. can go past that as well i'm, I'm sure you're right in that <laughs> it, you know uh I, don't, I really don't want to do what they did in Jurassic World, which yep. was like a genetic hybrid of like every animal they yeah, could throw that's in no there. Fun. But I wouldn't mind. Like, yeah, it's it's giant flippers sort of start taking on sort of <laughs> leg qualities. It has sort of giant tusks at yeah, one yeah. point as well. Well, I reckon it should just become amphibious. Yes, so perfect. It it can like it can go on land now as well. So ma- imagine that. Like, we don't know about the blue whale because seventy percent of the Earth is is water, yes. right? Or seventy percent of the planet is water. So these whales are just cruising along in the oceans. We don't ever really see them unless we're watching a documentary. But now, now that those mad perfumists have accelerated the evolutionary process, the whales can take their first tentative steps on land and also go back in the water so they can conquer the last 30% of the planet that they weren't able to it's conquer true. before. So, it, I mean, you say the the whales. Mm. Are we doing, have they genetically enhanced more than one? Oh, for it, sure. It, like, I, I would imagine, like, it's just a pair of whales. I a think pair, they, yeah. they always do that sort of thing in these monster films where mm. there's, like, you didn't realise, but they were a male and a, a female a and they pair, had a yeah, breeding yeah. pair. Um, I think both Godzilla films did that. Like, yeah, the, the, no, no. Yeah, the but the second God feel it was like the moth, the moth, Mothra, Mothra ones, yeah, Mothman prophecies. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that and, and just goddamn that film. If he could <laughs> breathe fire the whole fucking time, why did he just wait till the end? Uh, 
God. Anyway, um, so uh, hang on. Do we need to do that? Having, having said that, I like I liked the fact that um, this uh, this killer this not killer whale the blue whale <laughs> instead of having teeth has the same sort of like filtery hairs but they're covered yeah, yeah. in like razor spikes. That's right. Yeah. What, what other Acid. sort of um, it can spit acid. Acid, yeah. No, it doesn't spit. Like its its tendril things it's oh, in its co- mouth are coated, coated in acid. Coated in acid. So or if I- you manage to survive going through the barbs, you're going to get no. That's right. The barbs will nick you. The acid seeps in, or the poison, or the venom. I can't remember what the difference is between a poison and a venom. Ask your science teacher. Um, it seeps into your skin or into the skin of whatever creature it's trying to eat. Yeah, paralyzes them. Paral. Uh, all right. Oh, like even better. Let's a go. Neurotoxin. Can we go even better? Not only does it paralyze them, but it also impregnates them as well, alien style. So it just like drips sort of like spores into the carcass. What is the, and what is actually, instead of like, I like, I sort of like that, but it starts converting you into ambergris. Sort of, so, sort of, some like you know the the, the Medusa, how it'll turn you into stone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you get nicked or bitten. You sort of start like turning into ambergris, and you get frozen, <laughs> and, uh, and you you can't touch anyone else because yeah. if they touch you, then you get it, and you yeah. start turning into ambergris. But do you turn into ambergris, or do you turn into a whale? No, like, I like I like turning into ambergris, ambergris? like okay. stone. Maybe that's that was the plan, right? So like. Let's we can set it up in the film. So like um, this thing happens to the whales, and it seems like the perfume people are like, oh no, what has happened? This wasn't meant to happen, but it really was. It meant really to was happen because that was the plan to I get it. I actually think that ambergris is like biological material, so yep. like that is undigested, and yep. it, the the whale naturally forms a coat of like sticky sort of fats and resins yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So quite naturally, yeah. it needs that organic material to convert into ambergris. Exactly. and they're converting people into ambergris. That's right. Yeah. I also like the idea we're talking about sort of enhancements that it happens to evolve. Yeah. The the blowhole, right, is, yeah, a, yeah. is a big thing yeah, yeah. that whales have that yep. other ones... I want it to shoot something out of its blowhole. <laughs> like, in, in, like, not necessarily fire. Like, yeah. I don't really want to go to, no, like... No, can't go fire. No, exactly. But, like, I was thinking, like, ambergris bombs, <laughs> sort of, like, it shoots these like big depth ones. charges. Yeah, depth char- Like, and, <laughs> and especially because this stuff is now corrosive and toxic and yeah, converts yeah. all living... Um, cells and material yeah. into more ambergris. Yeah, yeah. It, like if it's cr- climbing up on land yep. and just firing sort of like mortar shells landing in <laughs> cities, ambergris <laughs> splashes everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. people are like trying to run away and they get <laughs> splashed by a bit and they turn into like these stone yeah. human, like, like, Love um, it. yep. Like Lot and the Pillars of Salt when he looked back at uh, Sodom, like yeah, frozen, yeah, yeah. these human frozen... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. So it's going to be like uh, an, the the apocalypse, the whale-pocalypse has arrived. Yeah. Um, this is like a literal... This is, this is what I want to see. The the largest, yeah, yeah. most terrifying animal. You know, Jaws was a great white shark. Is, yeah. Is minuscule in comparison Absol- to this. Godzilla? Tiny. God, absolutely tiny. This is This, this is, is huge. Is, and even better, now we can do the gratuitous city shots as well around exactly. the world. Next to all the uh, locations you've, depending on what region the film exactly. is in, we'll shoot a special scene for that particular city. And then you'll see, like if it's in Australia, you'll see a blue whale with four stumpy legs shooting a uh, cannonball of ambergris at ambergris at the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Look, I, no, okay, at the I'm Opera gonna, House. I don't know. I think Sydney gets... All of those shots. It does. I reckon yeah. we take it somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere not so recognizable, but yeah. somewhere that the people of 
Fremantle. We'll go, yeah, thank you. Thank you, um, <laughs> big, big Hollywood. Super local. For, for showing like the main street of yeah. Frio All right. as uh, as it gets covered <laughs> in ambergris. I'm sick of seeing just the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge and yeah, the Opera yeah, yeah. House. There are other places in Australia yeah. that may not be as recognisable yep. but are still Australia to us. Can I also say, I know this is actually a recognisable land uh, landmark, but I would absolutely love Ayers Rock to be coated by ambergris because... How amazing would it be to see a giant blue whale <laughs> with four legs crawling, like crawling all, all the way through the to, desert to, El- to Uluru? Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, it is Uluru, not Ayers Rock, um, and just coating it in ambergris. Yeah, I mean, it tries to, it yeah. tries to, and it's like, oh, that's right, I can only convert living material, <laughs> and this is the world's largest monolith, yeah, which is it, a solid rock. But another trivia piece there from Isaac. I'm just going to keep <laughs> dropping them in because you're learning as well as being entertained. Absolutely, uh, I'm making all the mistakes tonight as well in terms of like not saying the right name of things. Um, yeah, no, or does it create? Does it create life? Does it, does Uluru like suddenly sprout Ooh. like gooey ambergris legs and like pick itself up off the ground and like start walking off? <laughs> We're getting into very Where? sticky territory here. Exactly. So what I really want to talk about here, and we've got the monster, yeah, and yeah. we've got the scenario, and we've got its destructiveness. Yep. There's always a plucky group of true yeah scientists, researchers, ex-military yeah, yeah. researchers who's tasked with trying to stop. The unstoppable monster. Yeah. And, you know, unpredictably, hang on, unpredictably? Completely predictably, <laughs> Jason Statham plays that role in the Meg, yep. as you would expect him to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ed Harris has yep. in The Abyss. Uh, Sam Neill has. Yep. Uh, Christopher Pratt has. Yep. Um, they're all very expected, so unlikely heroes, which is uh, an oxymoron. Because yes. if it's both predictable and unlikely, yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Absolutely. Uh, I would actually like to cast an unlikely, unlikely hero. A completely so not, unlikely. Yeah, not the, not right. the kind of person that you'd expect yep. to be the unlikely hero. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is it the, the likely hero no, then? No, no. No, it's it's so these these guys play unlikely heroes, but you would expect them to be playing ah, okay. that role. So someone that is just I want someone to be an yeah, unlikely yeah, yep. hero, All right. but is also unexpectedly an unlikely hero. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, here's who I have in mind: Jerry Seinfeld. As the I mean, I grant you, it is incredibly unlikely that he play the plucky hero. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he is an awful actor. Like, all credit to him. He's a, he's obviously a brilliant comedian and has and had many years And a great show. He, he stood there uh, yeah, he and did. just sort he, of said <laughs> words for pretty much all of Seinfeld. Exactly. There are a lot of... If you look closely at that show, there are a lot of times where he's struggling not to laugh at the other actors as well. <laughs> well, so, that's also credit to the other actors. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. But he's, he's not an actor. No. Hence why. Yes. Perfect it, as the plucky hero. Very, very unlikely, unlikely yep. hero. And you know what? <laughs> While we're there, why don't we just get Jason Alexander as well? See, Jason Alexander, I can see as playing like a, a scientist type character. Yeah. He had like a serious acting career did, yeah, playing yeah. in like on Broadway and a lot of places yeah, before yep, yep. Seinfeld. He so, was in, uh, uh, was he in, what's that romantic film with um, uh, Billy Crystal? You've got, no, not You've Got Mail, the other one. I was about to say, he's in Shallow Hell, I think. He but, is too, but yeah, I think, he is. I think he plays a character who has a tail in that one. <laughs> um, oh, God. I yeah. about that film. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, J- Jerry Seinfeld 
and uh, Jerry Seinfeld as our plucky hero. Yeah. Jason Alexander as the the gruff, serious yeah, scientist yeah, yeah. who, and they could he be the you know the trope of like the scientist that never gets listened to. Yeah. Like she's like, we didn't listen. Yeah. I yeah. told you. I told you. <laughs> if we genetically enhance the blue whale, it's gonna come back to bite us. <laughs> Exactly. Literally. Um, yeah. Um, uh, and and does he die? Like, will he you know die what? At the end? Yep. You know what I re- reckon we do with this one? What? Which is uh, something that you never see in these action films, yeah, even yeah. though it's completely likely. Yep. We set up like the first 10, 15 minutes yep. of the film yep. is a is our heroes. We, yeah, we yeah. set up Seinfeld as mm-hmm. the, the unlikely hero. Yep. We set up uh, Jason Alexander as the scientist. Yep. Maybe... Julia Louis Dreyfus comes in as like the the scuba instructor, okay, and yeah. she's like pressure. And then <laughs> so they like, Seinfeld reunion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a little bit. We did reunions recently with uh, Lord of the Rings. We're we'll yeah. trying to steer clear of all of the, uh, the yeah. Seinfeld. Well, characters. they won't play. They'll play serious. They exactly. Won't play... They're all playing dead serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're set up going, and the audience is like, "Okay, how are these guys going to defeat the <laughs> boom?" <laughs> Blue whale comes in, <laughs> kills them. They're in their underwater base. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just sort of like, we're safe in here. No, you're not. Yep. The blue whale is the largest living creature yep. that has ever existed. Has a mouth full of razor barbs <laughs> that normally filter out uh, plankton, but are just just crush your underwater base and kill you all in the instant. So wait, in the first ten minutes, we're gonna wipe out all of our all of them. Co- all right, okay. From minutes eleven through to. Question mark. Sure, yep. You don't know. We set up another group of okay. plucky hero scientists. Yep. And you know who I reckon we get for the plucky hero in this one? <laughs> is Frankie Muniz. <laughs> uh, well, like, uh, Malcolm in the Middle Malcolm Reunion. Malcolm in the Middle Reunion. Right, and, great. And Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston already has that experience yep. of being the okay. scientist. We didn't listen. <laughs> Everything's going to go wrong yeah, 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 yep. from Godzilla. Yep. We get him to reprise both his roles. And we should take after what they did for the advertising campaign for Godzilla prominently advertise our characters who are going to be in it for only the first 10 minutes. Kill them off. Don't mention any other actor that's in it. So, like, I really thought Brian Cranston was going to be in a lot more of Godzilla. I really did too. And all the marketing suggested, like, he was going to be a long... Yeah, see, Godzilla did a half of the job. Yeah. About 15 minutes into the film, they killed one of their characters. Yeah. This time, 15 minutes in, we kill all of them. <laughs> Reboot. 15 minutes later, boom! Frankie Muniz and Brian Cranston, sorry, your time is up. Bring in Kelsey Grammer and the guy who plays Kelsey Grammer's brother, David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. How did yes. I... I've never seen Frasier. I, I have no idea I where I pulled Frasier, that name. I so yes, and I'm so, all for that. At this time, we reverse it around. So yeah. David Hyde Pierce plays the, 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 the plucky, plucky adventurer. Yes. Uh, Kelsey Grammer plays the known on his scientist, which I think he also did in X Men. Yeah, <laughs> if you, yeah, that's true. Beast is the the scientist. So who? I mean, so, no, no, they need to play like twins as like the plucky hero. <laughs> they both need to play the plucky, plucky hero, hero and yeah. they're constantly arguing. Uh, and then we cycle through. Boom! Blue whale kills them as well. Yep. And by about the fourth or fifth iteration, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe one or two of them have survived from yeah, yeah, yeah. from the attacks. The minor, and then, the minor characters of the show, exactly. Yeah. And right. then you get uh, your. Matthew Perry's, yep. uh, you know, the, the quippy, <laughs> witty guy who survived yep. when Lisa Kudrow yep. and Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. Who yep. would have thought that David Schwimmer couldn't swim? He drowned. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so so we've got that sort of ensemble cast. Yeah, I'm yeah. really struggling to think of more sitcoms <laughs> uh, from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was, was it Will and Grace? Will I don't, I don't yeah, know anyone like, who's oh, Will and oh, Grace. Uh, you said... Uh, uh, oh. There was uh, Dharma and Greg. Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Whoever Dharma uh, and or Greg happened to be. Two guys, a girl, and yes, a pizza place. Ryan Reynolds Ryan was Reynolds? in... And, uh, and, and uh, Nathan Fillion? Nathan Fillion was He's in there as well, yeah. Everyone loves Nathan Exactly. We'll so, so we've got this ensemble cast yep. which have survived from the multiple <laughs> attacks from the Blue Whale. Yep. And 
they're together. And now they've got an impossible task of trying yeah. to find a way yep. of killing something which ostensibly is unkillable. Yep. You know what we do? So the last the last band of heroes has sort of all come together yep. from different situations or whatever. Uh, and they're on their way to like a, a military installation of some kind. Like the last the last salvation place, the last uh, safe zone that they can... You know in Deep Impact, right? Yeah. So in Deep Impact, there's like a cave that only the richest and yeah. the most prominent people like in the world a, get to a, go to. A bunker behind. or a yeah, n- yeah. nuclear shelter sort of. There's a place in Switzerland that does, uh, that houses like plant seeds yep. uh, for like almost every species on earth yep. so that in the unlikely event of global apocalypse, <laughs> someone in there can go and start planting seeds. Yeah, re- repopulate the earth yeah, yeah, with yeah, all the yeah. species that have so, ever existed. <laughs> so maybe these guys are traveling to like a secret underground bunker, like a research facility um, that has that stores like DNA for like yes. all of the Earth's creatures, right? Because <laughs> so, everyone knows that the only way to reverse genetic right, engineering yeah, yeah, yeah. is to inject the that's original right, yeah. DNA yeah. of the of the thing that has been genetically it's engineered. Vac- you know how the back vac- in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a vaccine. It's a vaccine. Yeah. If you put the original DNA in, it will it take over and revert. Like that's exactly how genetics <laughs> works. So they go to this lab. It's whoever's left. Probably yeah. Uh, there's remaining probably Eddie the dog from Frasier as well. E- Eddie Eddie's in there, there as well. The, <laughs> the dogs from all of the shows from the. <laughs> 90s yeah, okay. um, from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> there was a dog in that one. I think his name sure, was Happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Happy Gil- and Eddie. Gilmore, Girls, Gilmore Girls had a dog too, as yep. well. Yeah. So because um, okay. okay. like the, I think I've mentioned before on this show that the only thing that really pulls at my heartstrings yep. is when <laughs> dogs get hurt in films. Okay. And this is like the ultimate. Every dog that you've ever liked yep. from every 90s sitcom yeah, they're all there. is all there, all and their there. lives are in jeopardy. Indeed. So okay, and you know we yeah okay so we won't. We obviously can't kill them being uh, the final group. No. So what they do, they go into the bunker, they find the DNA, they inject it into like a syringe or something of some kind. Nice green glowing vial of liquid, obviously. Uh, And they load it into like a tranquilizer gun or something. Whale is bearing down on them. They're ready to take that first shot. Barreling through Geneva. Yeah, that's right, because it can barrel. All the recognisable skyscrapers of Geneva (laughs) and... Where did you say it was? Sweden? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland? I think, yeah. I think Geneva is in Switzerland. Sure. Bern, Bern I think, yeah. is another city. Yep. I don't really know the Whatever. geography of Switzerland Cern that way. isn't? I thought it was Cern. Cern. No, no. Bern is the capital of Switzerland. The Cern Large Hadron Collider. That's right, yep. Uh, is that, it's science related. Yeah, it's all science. Yep. They're like, why, why are you keeping seeds in here? I don't know. <laughs> We're colliding them together. See what sort of... <laughs> Plants can come out. That's not how science. That's not a particle. Cl- maybe Never mind. It's maybe that's science. how. Maybe that's how the the French perfumists like kicked off exactly. the experiment. Ex- oh, we kind of forgot about that. This is this is the scientific perfumist. Yeah. Because yeah. like they they had this underground bunker and yeah. they say we're storing all of species. Yeah. No, we're doing re- secret research, smell yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. But by like by this point, the facility's been destroyed because this exactly. is, this was like ground zero for the, oh, right. the whales to break out. Right. Yeah. So they've busted out. They've taken over the world. The last group of survivors is like, we have to go back to the source. They'll have the DNA. The DNA. They make a concoction. They only get two, like, darts. Two, two goes. There's only right? enough DNA to make two to make glowing two, green darts. Yeah, exactly. We've, <laughs> got to, we've got to increase the stakes somehow. Yeah, of course. Because the largest creature <laughs> that has ever been alive on the Earth yeah. is bearing down, yeah. and somehow we need to increase so, the stakes. So they've they, got two darts. They've got two darts. The first shot ricochets just yeah. like 
malfunction, something goes wrong, right? Yeah. Or like they're loading it into the gun and they slip and it falls off into like a bottomless. Yeah, it cracks abyss. open. The the green DNA goes on the ground. Whatever. That's it. Yeah, it's um, lost forever. So they're exactly. Like the That's one. what happens in in all of these movies. Yeah, where yeah. There's a one in a million shot and they have two chances. The first one has to fail. Has to fail. So it builds up the tension. Yep. Of the second shot, yep. we have the giant killer whale bearing down on our favorite dogs. Yep. The stakes could not be higher. <laughs> so is it only dogs at this point? No, no, we still have still we still have humans? like okay. you know they're, they're just sort of stranded in a building. Yeah, yeah. And and the the killer whale, like the killer whale, <laughs> like the idea. it is a killer whale, but it's not a killer no, whale. No, it's not. Um, is about to crush them. Uh, they line up the shot with the dart gun. Yep. Okay, and then like out of nowhere, the second. Blue oh, whale. that's right. The female blue whale that they <laughs> all didn't know about. No, 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 no one, one knew, knew about, about it. it. But there was a second one. There was there. a breeding pair. There was a breeding pair. We're gonna have to lay some sort of clues in the bunker. Yeah. Like as if there were sort of like two all along. Whiteboards but- in the background, maybe with like hints to say yeah. that they were working on two of them. Uh, you know, they've got like the X Y chromosome. Yeah, things, exactly. Maybe yeah. that showing different uh different sex. Um, yeah, they're just like or maybe like a second. Like they walk past destroyed facility and there seems to be a second tank that's yeah. empty yeah exactly so like, if, if you're eagle-eyed you pick up on the clues yeah. but until this point you are not aware that yeah. there is a second giant yeah. blue whale yeah and uh, then that second giant blue whale comes out and like I don't know steps boom kills them done <laughs> what you know, what do you mean you gotta kill I mean okay so here's the thing that happens yeah our monster <laughs> is a genetically enhanced largest being that has ever lived yeah. on this planet yeah do you think it's going to win? Or do you think the humans wait, are going to defeat so it? Wait, are you pitching that no one win? Like, we no don't one. win. No, so I mean, the whales win There, there is a one in a million shot <laughs> yeah. in every film that has ever been made. Yeah, and the stakes always, are raised. Yeah. There's a one in a million chance that they may yeah. hit the shot, that they may find the cure, that they may upload the computer virus yeah, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. alien. Whatever. <laughs> and it, it just always it seems always to work. Yeah, yeah. What I'm pitching here, we've already established throughout the film <laughs> yeah. that we have no qualms in killing off our lead characters yeah. because they are up against... Un- Insurmountable like odds. odds, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> so they don't surmount it. They, you gonna they kill? Don't. You're going to kill them all. Splat. Main characters <laughs> killed. They do not fire off the shot. <laughs> Credits roll. The audience <laughs> is thinking, is that the end of the film? Oh. And there is no post-credit sequence. Yes, that is the end of the film. We literally put our every hero <laughs> ever up against something that they just couldn't defeat. Yep. It had to happen eventually. The heroes <laughs> had to win. And that is the end of the film. So the Fade to win. black. We're done. I have to say, that's original. No one has ever done that. Like, imagine <laughs> Independence Day exactly. or Godzilla or any other of those disa- exactly. big disaster films. Where Bruce they- Willis is on the asteroid. <laughs> he presses the detonator, closes his eyes and thinks of Liv Ty- Tyler, his yep. daughter, yep. as Aerosmith plays. Yep. The... Um, detonator <laughs> malfunctions, the rock just crashes into Earth and kills everyone. Well, actually, the opposite ending for that film would be that Bruce Willis lives and no one else does. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Somehow. The, the meteor just plows through Earth, kills everyone, and he's just sort of still there trying to click the button on the detonator. Um, yeah, so so this is yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to okay. do a giant monster creature film where the giant monster creature Wins. cannot be killed. Yeah, it's, right. it's just too big. I'm all for that. Like, they did, the, they did in the most recent Godzilla film, they made Godzilla as someone that you would meant to root for. So. Exactly. Like, he, he was the hero. He was the so, hero, yeah. So uh, we just want to make the villains win. Exactly. That's original. That's great. I love it. All right. All right. Perfect. Cool. All right. Last thing to do, as per usual, is we've got to give this an, a name. A now, title. We, we've obviously, we want to take inspiration from 
what is by far the worst movie the title Meg we've ever heard of. The Meg is horrible. It is... It's disgusting. It is It is such a bad title. It describes yep. nothing about the film. No. You get no sense of what it is. Yep. You look at it and go, The Meg, this could be like a romantic comedy yeah. where a struggling screenwriter <laughs> invents a girl called Meg and yep. some... Char- like, like, and then you look at it and it's like, oh no, it's a, it's a monster film with a <laughs> giant shark? Why the hell do they call it The Meg? It tells me nothing. Yeah. Um, that is what we're competing with. We All have right. to come up with a film title that is... <laughs> Obscure and bad. stupid. <laughs> See, normally we'd probably go through and go. Uh, I said killer whales. Yeah, I think like that. You know, isn't bad. It's, it's a bit misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, something genetic, something sort of deep blue, perfumey maybe. Per, I mean, perfumey could. But these are all things that give away what the <laughs> what the film could possibly be. <laughs> true. We true. need yep. to come up with something it has to be super that's vague. horrible. All right. Like blue whale or yeah, blue bluey. Blue, blue E is again. Blue, B-L-U, or, B, or, B-L. How can we contract that further? Can we? Uh, well, I was going to say, like, if we just made it, like, so Meg is short for Megalodon. Yeah. Whale. Wah? Wah. The Wah? B- B-W. The B-W. <laughs> the B-W? The B-W. That's, that's horrible. That is absolutely horrendous. It says nothing it is, about whales. It's it disgusting. Says, it sounds weird. It sounds like it something sounds like, you you wouldn't want to Google at work because you're not sure exactly what the acronym stands for. Um, yeah, it does, and it I, it almost sounds like some kind of like French nouveau cinema. Film. Like it'd be shot in black and white and like super wide angle and in one location or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But then you go, you watch the trailer for it. It's like, oh, it's 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 a film where whales have evolved and are taking over the earth. The BW. Yeah. I love that. All right. I think that's a wrap. I think it is. <laughs> what do we got in the way of housekeeping this week? Oh, housekeeping as per usual. We are online. We are moviefilmstudios.net where you can find uh, all of our previous episodes, some bios of us, and Mufusawudada, our directory of every single film that we've created on this podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook. Search for Movie Film Studios and join the community. Yeah. You, because you've part of the community this week, you got to see yeah. the infographic with just how big a blue whale is Indeed. compared to everything else. You will not get that bonus content anywhere else, including <laughs> Twitter, because the only thing on Twitter on our at Movie Film Studio account is a bot that tells you when the episodes are It would are be out. so easy if we could just post that to Twitter, but we won't. We won't, no. Just, it's just for... Bespoke custom content for Facebook. Uh, we also post emoji clues on there as yeah. to the uh, films that we've watched Congratulations this week uh, for getting it right, because the Meg, it was just <laughs> such an easy emoji know, clue to come up with. <laughs> and uh, we are on iTunes and Podbean and any other place that you might get fine podcasts. So get into it. I mean, you probably already have if you're yeah, listening to this, exactly. but tell other people to get into T- it. Tell your friends, definitely. Yep. Tell your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes if you yep. like it, because uh, those actually do help us quite a lot. Do we get any money if we get likes and subscribes on YouTube? Uh, Theoretically, we're supposed to get like 0.1 of a cent <laughs> if we get we? a like and a subscribe, <laughs> I'm fairly sure. So uh, help, help fund us. Yeah, we- absolutely. We... we- <laughs> Our films don't make us enough money No To keep the green room powered Exactly <laughs> Okay and I think that's it I think that's it All that remains again this week Is to thank you all for listening I've been Isaac And I've been AJ Roll credits Large winds and April